many of you are big social media users, but even if you use your social media just a little bit, you might have gotten a notification this week, or maybe even last week, that sort of summarized 2022 for you. It was your recap. And so you, you had these little videos and presentations made, and if you hit the play button, they would go through and show here all the things that you did this year, and it would flash the different pictures of, of places where you've been and people that you were with. It had a little music underneath it and things like that. And so you may have looked at that and thought, oh, yes, I remember that in January. Yes, I remember we bailed Daddy out of prison in March. And you had those different types of things, and you got your recap of different things that you did this year. Well, you may also, depending on your entertainment tastes, you may also have gotten a recap on your um, streaming services, what you watched and what you um, listened to. I'm not a big... Um, I like to listen to the radio. I worked at a radio station, and so when I'm in the car, I like to listen to the radio. But sometimes I'll have the computer going and music will be playing. And for my music, I use Spotify. I got last week my 2022 Spotify recap. And it tabulated the statistics of the songs that I listened to and how many times that I listened to them and, and who the artists were that I listened to more than anybody else. It just kind of comes through randomly. There's a little bit of choice in there, but, but it sort of comes through randomly. Do you know the number one artist that I listened to this past year? Elvis Presley. I, according to Spotify, I am in the top 10% of Elvis listeners worldwide. That is elite company, people. Top 10%. I've never been the top 10% of anything except worst preachers in America, and they start tabulating those. You also may have gotten some recaps. I did this past week. I got recaps from Hertz Rental Car saying you rented this many cars, you drove this many miles in those cars, you rented from, these, uh, from this many di um, distribution centers. I got a recap from Delta Airlines saying you went this many places this year, you flew this many thousand miles. We sometimes, at the end of years, start thinking about the year that is concluding. And we maybe mentally process what we've been through and the recap of those years. And then we turn our attention to the next year. And we think about what we would like to accomplish and what we would like to see happen. Maybe some goals that we set. And we hope that on December the 31st of 2023 we will be able to look back and say, man, that was a really good year. Well, I'd like to look at one single verse in Scripture this morning that talks about how we can have a good year. And so would you open your Bibles, please, to Psalm 118. 
This psalm, like, like several in the 150 psalms, is anonymous. We don't know who wrote this psalm. David did write many of the psalms, but he did not write all of them, didn't even write the majority of them, if I counted them correctly. One time I counted and came up with David as the author of 74 of the 150 psalms, so just under half of those. This psalm is anonymous. It's a long one, but I only want us to focus on verse 24 today, which says... This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We have 365 chances in the year 2023 to build a good new year. The way that you have a good sum, a good recap, is to have lots of individual parts that go into that year to make it a good one. So let me give you three thoughts that I think this passage teaches for us that will help us have a good 2023 by living it out 365 times. First, we need to understand that every single day is a gift from God. God is the author of life. The way that the verse begins is, this is the day that the Lord has made. When you and I opened our eyes this morning, when we awakened, God is the one who brought us into this day. There's not a person in this room who can make a day. There's not one person who can ensure that the sun can, or that the earth continues to spend, spin on its axis. There isn't any one of us that can continue the earth's journey around the sun. God is the one who makes the days. We are not as in control as we think we are. We often view our lives as our own. We take possession of them as if we are the ones who originated them, we are the ones who generated them, and we are the ones who are in control of them. But the psalmist says, no, this is the day that the Lord has made. He is the one who gave us this day to live. We have to understand that we don't um, make our days, that we don't deserve our days. That every new morning is a gift from God. He's the source. There's a church in North Mississippi. I'm not going to say the name of it. And I don't want you to try to dig and do some research. You could, but I don't want you to do that. There's a church in North Mississippi who in 2022 fired their pastor. And the reason they fired him is because they caught him plagiarizing sermons. They caught him earlier and confronted him about it and said, Look, we know that sometimes you may have a busy week and you might not have as much time to study and so you need to rely on some other people's material. If you need to do that from time to time because of the heavy demands, just say, Hey, I was reading and I came across this really good sermon that I'd like to share with you today. It ministered to me, and, and I think it will minister to you too. And he said, okay, yes, yes, I've just been real busy, and, and I, I'm sorry, I just got caught up in that. But he started doing it again for multiple weeks. Plagiarizing today is awfully hard. Because of the internet, there was a time, I suppose, that you could get away with it. But now it's so easy for people to check to see if what you are presenting as your own really is yours. 
And so the second time they said, look, you've been plagiarizing for multiple weeks. And this is just not going to work. And the reason that they let him go is because he was presenting something as his that wasn't his. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're sitting out there saying, Gary, we wish you would plagiarize. Look, we'll give you some suggested websites here, some sermon sources here. Read these books. Tell us what these people say. We're tired of this. I understand it. They told him, we're not going to continue because he presented something as his own that was not his. A lot of people do that with their lives. They don't ever check with God. God, how would you have me use today? God, what would, you, what would you want me to do with the time that you have given to me? There are people who don't give God a fleeting thought as they go throughout the day. And for those people who present their days as their own instead of God's, they cannot. It's impossible to experience a fulfilled 2023 because the days come from God and he's the one who directs us on how to use them. So we need to understand that every day is a gift from God. Second, we need to live in the present tense. I really like the phrasing here. The verse says, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day. Not yesterday was the day and not tomorrow will be the day. The emphasis here is this is the day. Now, I want to be clear. Yesterday was the day that the Lord made, but we can't do anything about yesterday. And tomorrow, if we awaken, will be the day that the Lord has made, but we can't do anything about tomorrow yet either. The only day over which we have some choice is today. This is the day that the Lord has made. And so we must maximize all the opportunities that lie before us today. We have to live in the present tense. Now, when we are thinking about living in the present tense, sometimes people, and, this, and, and if you live this way, that is perfectly fine, but I, I don't think that we should live every day as if it were our last. If, to, if I knew today were my last day, there would be a lot of things that I would do differently. If I knew that I was not going to awaken tomorrow morning, I'd give away every penny that I have this afternoon. I'm not going to need it anymore. If I knew that I would not awaken tomorrow morning, I probably would go on Facebook Live or Instagram Live and say, look, everybody... I don't have much more time, and so there are a lot of things that I, I really feel like I need to say before I go. There are lots of things that I would do today if I knew today were my last day. And so, so it's hard for us to do. I mean, it's hard for us to say I'm going to live every day as if it were my last one. Because if I were to give away every penny today and made it to tomorrow, I would need a little bit of help somewhere along the way. Here's the way that I like to look at how we should live in the present tense. We should live each day so that if it were our last, we would be pleased with it. So that we would say, look, 
I didn't know that it was my last day. But as best as I knew how, I took care of everything that God showed me to do that day. This idea of living in the present tense has really hit home with me over the past couple of weeks. I know nationally, Mike Leach's death came as a surprise. If you read many of the stories about the night before he passed away, he was at a Christmas party in high spirits. Everybody around was joking and celebrating and and looking forward to the bowl game and, and all those types of things. I am confident that for not one split second, anybody at that Christmas party, wherever it was, thought this is the last time we'll ever see him. And I bet he did not think this is the last time I'm going to see any of these people. But just this past week, in fact, yesterday, yesterday a friend of mine performed a funeral for another friend of mine who passed away just like that. In fact, here's how he's single, and here's how they discovered that he had died. He recently had had to to put his mother into a nursing facility, and he went by three times a day every day to feed her. And he did not show up for that evening meal, and he did not show up for that morning meal. And they said, something is wrong. And someone went to his house, and he was dead on the floor. The previous day, when he left the nursing home, he was greeting everybody and and shaking hands, telling his mother, I'll see you this afternoon. But he did not see her that afternoon. There isn't anybody in this room who can say with certainty, I'll see you tomorrow. Nobody can do that. And so what we must do in order to have a good 2023 is to live in the present tense. To say, God, I may not have any more days, but I do have this one. And so this is the day. And I will get as much out of it as I can. The last idea that I want to share is that we must choose to rejoice and be glad every day. That that statement, that clause actually is the command in the verse. The first part of it is a declaration. It's a statement. This is the day that the Lord has made. There isn't any commandment related to to, to that line. But the second line is, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God's commandment for our making the most of the 365 chances we will have this year, if the Lord wills, is for us to rejoice and be glad. I just, maybe a couple of weeks ago, had this conversation with a friend of mine. We were talking about the Christmas season and, and, and hey, what are y'all doing on Christmas Eve? And here's what we're doing in our Christmas Eve service. And just we're catching up and, and talking about church. He watches us. Hey, Randy. And so he, you know, um, he you know, keeps up with us and I keep up with him. And so he said, well, Gary, I made a terrible mistake today. Now, he doesn't live here in Columbus. He lives off, so you won't know the person that he's talking about. He said, I made a terrible mistake today. I said, what did you do? 
He said, I saw so-and-so, a member of his church that I know, I've preached revivals for them. He said, I saw so-and-so at Walmart. And he said, my mistake was I asked, how are you doing? And the reason he said it was a mistake was because he knows every time he asks, hey, how are you doing? Oh, just terrible. You wouldn't believe how bad it is. Nobody's ever had a burden as heavy as mine. It's just awful. He said, and as soon as the words, how are you doing? He said, I wanted to take them and pull them back in. If I, could, if I had a pause and rewind, if there was any way that I could go back. He said, we sat there for 25 minutes. And I may not, he said, I don't know, I may not have said another word during the monologue. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, terrible. Wife's terrible. Kids are terrible. Rejoicing and being glad is a choice. Walking around under a cloud of gloom that's a choice too. The commandment here implies, in fact, it does more than imply, it says we have a choice over our perspectives. God will not command us to do something that outside of his power, we, we, or, or, or God will not command us to do something that with his power we cannot do. God will not frustrate us in the sense of, I'm telling you to do something that you cannot do. That is impossible. The commandment makes it something that we are able to do. We choose to rejoice and be glad. We choose to say, the externals do not change the internals. Nothing that is going on outside is going to dampen what God is doing inside. Now, the commandment here isn't for, for uh, optimistic people. The commandment only, it isn't only for people whose lives are going well. As far as I can tell, that's a commandment for every one of us. And so we rejoice and be glad. Let me give you some practical tips for how you might, how you and I might rejoice every day. How we can be glad every single day. One, we need to nurture, develop, and strengthen our relationships with God. If God is the source of joy, and He is, then we cannot expect to have hearts full of joy if we are starving in our relationship with God. God is the source of joy, and so to cut ourselves off from that joy means that we can't experience it. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of Gary Permenter trivia here. I have incredibly dry skin, especially in the wintertime. If I were to pull my pants legs up right now, you would think... If I were to pull my... I do not appreciate that disgusted look you had on your face, Rebecca. <laughs> I, that irritates me so bad. Man, that makes me mad. But I'm going to choose to overlook that and rejoice today. If I were to pull up my pants leg right now, it would look like someone had celebrated the end of last year by setting a bonfire 
and left all the ashes right here. I could scratch my leg, and it would just be flakes of skin going everywhere. And so, and so I was telling someone about that. I'm not crunching anything while I'm eating, so you don't care. And so I was telling a friend of mine about how, you know, how dry my skin is, and I'm always having to put lotion on it and things like that. He said, well, Gary, you don't have to do that. What you need to do is drink way more water than you think you need. And I said, really? He said, yes. You can moisturize your skin from the inside. You don't have to do it from the outside. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, get lotion. You don't have to slide off the bed because your skin's so greasy. If you will, if you will drink a lot of water, even if you're not thirsty, just drink a lot of water. And from the inside, you will discover you know what? I'm not itching. That's exactly right. He gave me a trick that I, I mean, I, it makes common sense. It's logical, but I never thought about that. And so I can tell when, when I'm start, you know, start to itch or man, that really is, is dry. The reason it's dry is because I'm not drinking enough water. I can't expect to have skin that isn't dry if I'm cutting myself off from the source of what moisturizes it. There are a lot of really miserable people walking this planet. There are some people that you, as soon as I gave that example earlier about, about Randy seeing someone at Walmart, you thought, man, he must know so-and-so. <laughs> He's just as miserable. She's always under a cloud of gloom. There are a lot of unjoyful people. They cannot rejoice and be glad because they've cut themselves off from the source of the joy. Their relationship with God is anemic. It's, it's barely hanging on. And they don't have any joy. And so we need to develop and nurture our relationship with God. Something else that I think that we can do if we want to rejoice and be glad every day, is we need to ask the question, God, what are you teaching me? Often when circumstances come into our lives, we ask, why? And I suppose that that question is natural. We start wondering, you know, why did this happen to me? Why did it not happen to someone else? You know, we, we, have, a curious, we have curious minds, and so we, we start asking questions like why but a much better question is God what are you doing what lessons do you want me to learn if this is the day that the Lord has made then not one single circumstance that we face in our lives either was not sent by God or allowed by God nothing happens without his allowing it or sending it and so if he sends it or allows it, then he intends to use it for positive purposes. That's exactly what Romans chapter 8 says. It gives us the confidence that those who belong to Jesus Christ know that every single event is part of God's plan for our good. Now, at the time, it may not seem like that. We may wish that God would do a thousand things other than what he has done. But since he has done 
these particular events or circumstances, we should say, God, you've sent this, you've allowed it, and that, and that you're sending or allowing it is for a reason. So what is that reason? God, what is it that you want me to learn? What is it that, that you want me to pick up from this? Do any of you in the mornings listen to the Rick and Bubba show? Do you remember, Jason, you remember several years ago, Rick and his wife lost a, a, child, a very, very young child, fell into the swimming pool and drowned. And I remember maybe the very first day that he came. Of course, he took some extended time off. But I remember the very first day that Rick was back on the air and people were calling in to say, hey, man, we are praying for you. Something that he said that has stuck with me ever since then. When people called in to say, hey, we're praying for you, he said, well, you pray that whatever God wants to teach us, we'll learn it. He said, we don't want to waste this. We don't want to waste this tragedy. We don't want to have to go through something like this again. And so whatever God intends for us to learn, help us to learn it. Pray that we will learn it. And so we can do the very same thing. If we want 365 days of rejoicing and being glad regardless of what the circumstances are, we ask ourselves, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? What do you want to teach me from this? And so when we're thinking about rejoicing and being glad, we, we then third spend our time around joyful people. People who are able to Focus on the internals are people who lift our own spirits as well. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you spend time around people who are under clouds of gloom, you will notice that the storm front spreads. And you get under a cloud of gloom too. But the more we spend our time around people who are joyful, who are rejoicing and being glad, the greater chances are that we will be able to rejoice and be glad too. None of us know, knows what 2023 holds for us. In 365 days, we'll be getting recaps of what we have done over this year. And for us to be able to look backward one year from yesterday and say that was a great year, we need to do our best 365 times to have a great day. We're going to have a time for people to respond to anything that God may have said to you today. Look, you may want to begin this new year by saying, Gary, I just do not know Jesus Christ as Savior. These, these things that I've talked about, they're really only applicable to people who have received Christ. And so maybe you would like to begin the new year today. By saying, I want, to, I want to begin following Jesus Christ. Maybe there are other areas about which God has spoken to you. And when we sing together, I'm going to be here for just a moment and give you an opportunity. I'll be glad to talk with you or pray with you. Philip, you come. What are we going to sing today? I've decided to follow Jesus. Let's stand together, please.